Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. About three years or so, you have probably at one point or another noticed there's some banners in the lobby. And it just shows a, a brief a brief statement that encapsulates what we want to do here, and that is know the word, live the word, and spread the word. September here at Bethesda Christian Church is Missions Month. We're focusing on giving special attention to the missions that we support as a church and how they are spreading the word of God. Last week, we had a great service. Who was here last week? Wasn't that wonderful? If you weren't here, we had a joint service with uh, Hope Christian Church, which meets over in our school auditorium every Sunday. It's an uh, Arabic language church, and it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing to be worshiping God in uh, a variety of languages, and Christians Come in every color, every language, and we talked about not shrinking away from that. See, one way to be bold and spread the word is to show the world that we can be one with Jesus regardless of things like race and gender and social status. So boldness in uh, spreading the word of God, that's our theme for September. Be bold. And the missions that we support, whether they're local here in town or whether they're uh, a mission that's abroad, outside the country, they're bold for Jesus. We've heard some great testimonies on Wednesday evenings of that. And as individuals, though, we all should have some boldness for Jesus. And Where are we? Where are we? in our boldness. We've been praying every single Sunday since the beginning of the year, Acts chapter 4, verse 29. I want to pray that prayer again. I want to start this message and this time with that prayer. Many of you know it. If not, just pray it along with me. Lord, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Amen. Amen. Now, the first week of this month, the first Sunday of this month, Reverend Barry Allen, our care pastor, he preached from Revelation chapter 3. Brother Barry used a passage from Revelation 3 and the word that the apostle John received to give to a church in a city called Laodicea. And I want to revisit some of that passage this morning and follow on how the month was open. So if you have your Bible, be it electronic, be it paper, open it up to Revelation chapter 3. And this will be a little bit of a review from a couple of weeks ago. But it's Revelation 3, verses 14 to 17. I want to remind us of those and read that 
This is the seventh church in a group of churches that the Apostle John was bringing a, a message to straight from Jesus. If you read uh, the first three chapters of Revelation, predominantly red letters. It's Jesus speaking to the Apostle John. And Jesus says this, beginning in Revelation 3, verse 14. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Now these are the words of Jesus. These are the words of Jesus that he gave to the apostle John to the church in this city called Laodicea. Laodicea was located uh, on the or in the western region of what is now modern-day Turkey. In the first century, it's true, the words of Jesus that he said to this church, it's true that this city was a wealthy city. It was on a major trade route connected to important cities like uh, Ephesus and Smyrna and Sardis. And these are other cities that are mentioned there in Revelation 1 and 2 and 3. And if you ever look on a map, you'll see that those seven churches are seven cities and they just make a big sort of horseshoe, a loop. It, it was a roadway and an ancient Roman postal route, and Jesus just talked in the order that these cities lined up. Laodicea was the last one on the loop, and it was part of this trade route. It was a center of textile production. Uh, it was a banking and commerce center. So when Jesus mentions, you say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and I do not need a thing, that was true of those people. And often, there is a parallel that's drawn from the city of Laodicea and the culture that they had there in the first century of rich and wealthy and comfortable and saying, I don't need a thing. And that parallel is drawn with 21st century, modern day, U.S. of A. Because we're pretty well off in this country. Some parts of the world, people starve yeah, I grew up hearing that. Eat all your food. You know, there's starving children in China. Many of us probably heard that. Our parents, you know, so we'd eat our beans and our broccoli. Don't waste that. The United States Department of Ag Agriculture, the USDA, it estimates that in the U.S., we're so rich, we waste over a third of our food, 30 to 40% of our food supply, the USDA says, goes to waste. And this statistic stunned me. Food waste is the single largest component 
going into municipal landfills. I was, that, that's amazing. That's how rich we are. We just throw our food away. And when a culture is so rich, and that's just one example of the richness we enjoy in this country, when a culture is so rich, so well off, we can become self-reliant and say exactly what was there in Revelation chapter 3. I don't need a thing. And what will that lead to regarding faith? What will that lead to regarding reliance on God? Lukewarmness. Lukewarmness. And Brother Barry talked about being lukewarm like the church in Laodicea. And he said the word complacent comes to mind. And that's a great synonym. Now, like we heard a couple of weeks ago, I don't believe our church has gone lukewarm or complacent. But it can happen to us as individuals from time to time. It can be a season in our life that sometimes we as individuals, when it comes to our faith, we grow complacent. And complacency, the connotation of this word is a self-satisfaction, apathy, indifference. Especially when it's accompanied by an unawareness of actual dangers or deficiencies. And that's interesting because that's exactly what Jesus was saying when he used the term lukewarm to describe the people in Laodicea. Because he even said it, you don't even realize. You don't realize you're wretched and pitiful, poor, blind and naked. You're unaware of your deficiencies. You're so, you're so great at taking care of yourself, you don't even see it. How could they be unaware of such major deficiencies, like being wretched and naked? How does that happen? Well, complacency isn't something that just knocks you over in an instant. It's insidious. Creeps in. Slowly, little by little. And it can happen to any one of us and we might grow indifferent toward sinful behaviors because it's a behavior, it's an attitude that's pervasive in the culture. So over time, we begin to just accept it. And we care less for God's standards and biblical principles because, well, gee, they're antiquated. Well, they're, they're old-fashioned. And the people around us, the culture around us, that's what they say. And those of us, whether it's at our workplace or in our school or our neighborhoods, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that Bible, that's just old-fashioned stuff. Things have changed. This is 2019 after all. I mean, we're gonna, it's going to be 2020. We can put that stuff behind us. So passion for the things of God, hunger for his word, it begins to wane. And over time... We're in this place called lukewarm, complacency, apathy, indifference. It settles in. And the burning passion that we once had for our Lord and our Savior, that cools off, it's chilled. 
and you might not even realize it. So we were challenged two weeks ago to recognize this complacency or this lukewarmness that we might have as individuals and turn that attitude. See it in yourself. Identify it and turn from that attitude. This was what we heard a couple of weeks ago. And if you didn't hear it, if you weren't here, you can do some introspection right now and ask yourself, have I gotten into this place of lukewarm? Do I have an attitude of complacency, something that needs to be turned around? Where is your interest in the things of God? Are you active? Are you active in advancing the kingdom, the kingdom of God here on earth? Where's your hunger? Where is your hunger for the things of God? Where's your hunger for his word? Has that ebbed away? Has your passion cooled down? I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you today that you can advance from complacency to confidence, to confidence in Jesus Christ, and you can reignite your zeal for the kingdom of God and for the things of God. We're highlighting our missions this month, all the missions that we support all month long. But we all have an individual mission. We have a mandate from Jesus. And in Christian circles, we call it the Great Commission. It's Christian jargon. The Great Commission. That word isn't in, that phrase isn't in the Bible necessarily, the Great Commission. But it's identified as what Jesus said at the close of uh, Matthew, Matthew 28, the end of the Gospel of Matthew, the last words recorded by Jesus before he ascended into heaven and went to glory, Matthew 28, 19 to 20, the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all I have commanded you, everything I've commanded you. We're all called to that. We're all called to be a part of that. We're all called to engage in that, to make disciples, to bring others to be followers of Jesus. But before someone begins to follow Jesus, they need to learn about him. They need to hear about him. And we all have a part in that, telling others about Jesus. And I know you've heard this before. Sometimes I feel like I'm a broken record. We have to tell others about Jesus. I don't think this repetition's bad. Because it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen when we're complacent and when we've gone lukewarm about our faith. You know, we live in this share everything culture, don't we? We see it all over the place in social media Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, whatever. On and on, you can go. Someone posts a video. They put uh, some photo up there, a picture, whatever. And what do they want? They want everybody to see it. They want to see whatever they've posted, video or whatever. They want that shared, right? Why? Why is that? Well, because they're getting some kind of exposure. Their content, uh, their name is proliferating. So every single social media platform, it's got some method to do that. It's got this uh, share button, some kind of share button, retweet button, whatever it is. 
And why is that? Because people want to share their life. Every mundane and crazy detail of it. it, it I don't get it. I'll just say I don't get it sometimes. But even these little details. And if we're so enthused about it, if we're so enthused about sharing some video or getting something retweeted or whatever of our vacation, of our dog doing something or, 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 or whatever, you know, some funny incident we think is funny and we got to put it out. You know, how many shares? Is it shared yet? Is it, you know, who, who's retweeting this? Do we have the same passion to share for Jesus Christ? Now you might say, yes, of course I do. Yes, yes, I'm fired up. I love the Lord. I love Jesus. And I got this burning desire in my heart. But I don't know what to do. I, 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 when someone comes up to me, it's like I get all fumbled and mumbled and, and, and I just clam up. This opportunity is open. I don't know what to say. Yes, I love the Lord. Yes, I love Jesus. And, and you know what? The biggest obstacle to sharing our faith, sometimes it's, it's us. It, it, it's me. My biggest obstacle in sharing my faith, it's me. And, and to move from this place of complacency or not knowing what to do to confidence, we're often our, our own biggest obstacle. To hold your head up high and not fear the devil Sometimes it's me that's getting in the way. The tallest wall in my way is the mirror. So what do we got to do? We got to get over ourselves. Get over yourself. Now, now consider if you're standing somewhere and the perfect opportunity opens up. The perfect opportunity for you to talk about your Savior Jesus. It just presented itself. You see it clearly. But then this conversation of self-doubt begins in your head. It's, it's, I get it. It's happened to me. And you say to yourself, oh, I'm just not ready for this. Look at all these people. Look, look at this. This is a whole bunch of people around me. I mean, maybe you're sitting on an airplane. Oh, everybody's going to hear what I say. And this is no place for a conversation. Or I just got off of work and my clothes are all dirty and my hands are all dirty. Who's going to listen to me? My goodness, I... Uh, I had garlic for lunch, and then I had a coffee. Oh, my breath is going to set their hair on fire. I can't talk to nobody. You know, this is, I can't, no. We'll come up with all kinds of things, right? I'm definitely going to say the wrong thing. I know I'm just going to start babbling. I always do. I just start babbling, babbling. I can't shut up. And this guy's going to think I'm a weirdo. He's going to think I'm a fanatic. And what's the bottom line? I'm going to be rejected, and we're worried and we're nervous and we're anxious about so much. We need to get over ourselves. We need to get on, be beyond ourselves, push through all of those uncomfortable feelings. And we can do that by praying. You know, we, we should pray. And you can pray before, you can pray right there in the situation. You know, pray the prayer we've been praying since the beginning of the start of the year. I encourage you all to go back and read Acts chapter 4 and see what was happening with the disciples of Jesus Christ. They had every expectation and reason to expect rejection and even persecution. 
Uh, Peter and John, at the beginning of Acts chapter 4, they've been hauled before the Jewish ruling council, the Sanhedrin. What was their offense? Their offense was sharing Jesus and the fact that there was a man that was healed. They said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise and walk. And the man did. Started all kinds of fear. They were preaching Christ and people were getting healed. And the Jewish leaders uh, in Jerusalem were not happy. So Peter and John were seized. They were tossed in jail. They were interrogated. And then before being released, they were ordered. You don't talk about this Jesus anymore. And they were threatened. And despite the threats of persecution, the disciples prayed, Lord, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Forget about it. Forget about the fact that, you know, somebody might not receive us. Now, I know many of you, many of you, I've heard it. I've heard it. You've been praying this prayer. You've been seeking God. You've been asking for opportunities. You've been asking for enablement. But if you've been sitting here Sunday morning kind of mumbling through that half-heartedly, Lord, yeah, enable me. And then you just forget it. You leave here and you forget it the rest of the week. Maybe some introspection. Maybe a little internal look regarding this thing called complacency is in order. And, and begin to pray with sincerity. Pray genuine. And I know this and I believe this with all my heart. God will enable you. He will give you words to say when you don't think you can say them. God can fill you with confidence. And that word, that word that, that we've been praying, boldness, will be shown in you. And, and boldness, when you read Acts chapter 4, you might have a version of the English Bible that doesn't say boldness. It, it may say confidence. In several of the English translations, that's the word that's used. Lord, enable me to speak your word with great confidence. And you can move to this point of confidence by getting over yourself and praying. Lord, enable me. God, give me that divine and that supernatural confidence to speak your word. And when you pray that prayer, there's an acknowledgement. There's an acknowledgement of the most powerful tool we have at our disposal to accomplish this thing that we call the Great Commission. And that's the word of God. That's the word of God. What, what have we been praying? Lord, help me share your words. Speak your words. So share the word. You know, get beyond yourself. Pray. Speak the word. Share the word. You might say, well, hey, that's why I support missions. You know, I write my check. I turn it in. Somebody else is, I know they're doing it. That's why I'm, that's why I'm sharing. They're, they're out there boldly sharing the word. That's my part. Now, I can't speak the word. I don't have it memorized. I, I, get, uh, I, I, I get all mixed up about chapters and verses, and I can't do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can trust God. You've prayed for his enablement. Trust him to give you the words to say, God knows you don't have every chapter and verse memorized. It's perhaps not right there on the tip of your tongue. 
But do you know that Jesus is the only way? Do you know that? Of course you do. Of course you do. And if you share that with someone, hey, Jesus is the only way. You get in a conversation about somebody who's talking about, oh, there's umpteen ways to get to God, and you offer, no, Jesus is the only way. Now, what have you done? You've just shared John chapter 14, verse 6. I am the way and the truth and the life, Jesus said. Jesus said, I'm the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, you might not have said it exactly like it's written in John's gospel, but you're sharing the word, and there's power in God's word. Even if you mix up a couple of words, there's power in sharing the word of God. There's power even if you're paraphrasing it. Now, I know I've, I, I've talked to you about this experience that I had. It was the first week of June, and I was at at a Mideastern restaurant in Sterling Heights. Julie and I had gone there to support Pastor Avdal from Hope Church. It was the day after Ramadan, which is a month-long time of observing fasting during the day for uh, the Muslims. And at this restaurant, it was amazing that the owner, who was a Muslim, had overheard one day Pastor Avdal just sharing the gospel with some people at his table. And the owner heard it and said, hey, that touched my heart. Come on back. Come on back and you can, you can talk to my whole restaurant. That was amazing. So Pastor Avdal picked the day after Ramadan, knowing people are celebrating, they don't have to fast anymore, and the restaurant would be packed, and it was. Now, what I didn't know when Julie and I showed up at this restaurant full of people who were Muslims celebrating that Ramadan was over, that Pastor Avdal would say to me, he said, Pastor Pat, after I'm done uh, up here sharing the gospel, I'm inviting you. And I'll tell you what, that conversation, it started right here. I'm not prepared. First thing, I'm not prepared for this. I didn't prepare. I'm not ready for this. He didn't tell me this. He didn't even really know we were coming. And then he says, oh, well, I'm just going to invite you up. You know, but the last words he said to me before he walked up to address the, the crowd in that restaurant, I had to let it sink in. He said, I believe in the power of the word of God. Oh, man, I needed to hear it at that moment. I needed that. I needed that reminder. I needed to be encouraged there is power in the word of God. I had to uh, let that sink into trust in the power of the word of God, not me. Boy, did I have to get over myself, get myself out of the way. And then I got up there in front of that group and just shared some brief words. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. From John chapter seven. And whoever believes in me Rivers of living water will flow from them. Now, did, was there an altar call? No. But it was an opportunity to share that I trust God's word and I trust the power of his word that there might have been someone there and a seed was planted in a heart. See, you never know when the door is going to open. You never know when a door is going to open for you to speak about your Lord and your Savior. And you can be confident to do that 
get, get yourself out of the way, pray. Man, I was definitely praying. I prayed before I went up there. And then just speak the word. You know, you could be at work, you could be at school, you could be at a restaurant, you could be at the local pharmacy. And I want to encourage you today with a, another, another testimony from Lisa Schantz. Lisa saw an opportunity a while ago, and she opened up. And I want to let her share a little bit about that. Lisa, good morning. Now, Lisa, you shared with, with me and I know some others that you met someone just, it was at, at the pharmacy, right? Tell, tell everyone about that. Tell everyone how this, this meeting occurred. First off, I, I want to say, Pat, you have covered every emotion that I have felt. It's almost like you were in my head because, honestly, it is very devastating when you think that the commission to go out and share the gospel, and it's like, I don't know how to present that, but you know what you do if you've read the word every single day or whenever, when you've read the word, it's in there. It doesn't have to be, you know, under scripture or anything like that, but, you know, I'm very simple woman, and I've done exactly what Pat have asked, you know, the church. He's encouraged each and every one of us to, you know, invite somebody to church, to, you know, sit under a teaching of the Word of God. And, you know, I, that's what I tried. So anyway, two days before Christmas, um, Pat's words would ring in my ears, you know, invite somebody to church. So two days before Christmas, I was at the pharmacy, and there was a young pharmacy tech in front of me, and you know, we were just uh, doing a transaction exchange, and all of a sudden it was like, invite her to church. You know, ask her if she or her family goes to, you know, uh, Christmas Eve services. So I did. It was like, okay, this is it. I laid it all out. So I asked her, and she said, you know, my family, we're Catholic, and we used to go to church. Her grandma's become ill with Alzheimer's. So she says, we don't go anymore. So I asked her, I said, you know, it would really be a, you know, I would be honored if, you know, see you in church and if you'd be interested in coming, you know, yeah, come. She goes, you know what, I might have to work because, you know, it's open 24 hours now. And, and so at that point, you know, she says, I'm not sure, but, you know, I'll think about it. So I do go back quite frequently. And so at that point, I was, you know, I thought, you know what, I'm going to invite her to maybe not only, you know, come to church, but maybe if she'd be interested in signing up for catechism, which is rooted one. Right. So you, now, so you had a second meeting then. I did. So now this, this was an introduction. Yeah. This, had you ever met this girl before at the no. pharmacy? No. So no, not at you all. just, here she is, a worker at the yeah. pharmacy. You start a conversation. Yeah. You're coming back next day or so to pick up your prescription, and then what? You had something. I did. Um, at that point, I know I've, from time to time, you go by the wall and into church here, and you pick up brochures, so I thought, you know what? Rooted One would be an excellent time to maybe, you know, hand her a brochure, so I did. I put a 
couple of brochures in my purse, and so I actually went back, and, and I wrote her the time when the church would be open on Sunday morning at 10 a.m., and, and I said, you know what? This would be something to consider to uh, sign on for, and she was excited. She was excited and was like, oh, you know, um, this was perfect open door. So I was grateful that I had the opportunity to be able to invite her to come down, to come on. And being that she had been, you know, she was Catholic, you know, so she understood what catechism was. She'd not sure if she'd been through first communion, but catechism she was very familiar with. So that intrigued her. Now, did, were you able to share any of the word of God with this with, with this young lady? Well, yeah. Um, at that point, I was able to, the door opened up, and the main thing when you're trying to think of all kinds of, you know, scripture and whatnot, my thing is, is, pre, you know, attending a church that preaches the word of God through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. That's the gospel. And she, being Catholic, she was familiar with that. And uh, so, yeah, I think that was very interesting. But anyway, what I did is a few days later, I actually went out and bought her a Bible to present her the word. So you gave her the whole word again. I did. (laughs) (laughs) I did. And how did she receive it? You know, she was shocked because I don't think people give her much. Uh, No, I don't want that. No, you don't have to give that to me. I says, I want you to have that. You know, yeah, it's a privilege to be able to give that to her. So then what transpired? Did she ever register for a class? You know, after the new year, um, the first week or second week of January, I think it's first week. Anyway, yeah, she was, she wasn't sure with the work situation. And so she wasn't, you know, she couldn't give me a definite yes or no. And I came to church on a Sunday morning. Um, It was the first day of Rooted One. And I walked by just chance and there she was it was like oh and I saw Julie and it was like you never guess what happened so it was isn't that great isn't that great (laughs) that that young lady went through rooted one rooted two we confirmed her yeah 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 see you you never know when an opportunity you just took an opportunity to start a conversation and it bears fruit it bore fruit for the kingdom Thank you for sharing that, Lisa. Thank you. You can be encouraged. You can have confidence like Lisa. Before we close, I want to give you a couple more just anecdotes of encouragement. Not my own necessarily stories. Uh, I was involved with them, but uh, this was my good wife, Julie, if you know her, she is really truly an evangelist at heart. And I asked if I could share some of these stories because she wouldn't want to come up here and talk about herself necessarily. Um, one day, a while ago, I, had, I was out. I don't know where I was. I can't remember. But I came home, and there was at our dining table... Julie was sitting there with a woman who I could see eyes were a little puffy. They had obviously been talking about something and was a total stranger to me. I'd never met this woman before. 
And uh, Julie got up from the table. She comes over to me, kind of whispering to me and saying, we're changing to Comcast. I'm like, we're changing to Comcast? And this is what happened. See, the Comcast lady knocked on the door, cold called. And she got the gospel and the word of God. And Julie had prayed with her about uh, her life and certain situations. And that's why her, her eyes were a little puffy. And, you know, the end result is I got to change the Comcast. And you know what? <laughs> as dreadful as that experience is, you know, for the kingdom of God, what? It's, it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. And, uh, you know, she took an opportunity when the door opened to ask a few questions, to share some of the word of God, and then to pray with an individual. And uh, we can do that. You can, you can have the confidence to do that. We were walking through the airport, not, it was a couple years ago, and we're going to our gate. We'd already passed all of the, the um, security and such, but we were stopped by someone, a young man, and he wanted us to get a new American Express card. And of course, Julie is right on this. She's right on this. You know, a couple of questions, and we know his mother was Muslim. His dad was Greek Orthodox. What's your approach to life then? And he answers, oh, you know, you just got to be a good person. And we talked with him about what that meant. Uh, we talked about uh, the fact that we were part of leading a church, etc., made invitation, and of course I'm getting a new American Express card, yes, that's, <laughs> again, uh, we'll do that, right? But on the way to the gate, you know, Julie was just, she was, she was troubled a little bit, and we sat down, and she said, I'm going back. She said, stay here with our bags. She got out a business card, and she wrote down on that business card, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to me except through the Father. Or no one comes to the Father except through me. See, you can mix it up, right? But it's, <laughs> you, can still, you, you can still get the word out. Well, she wrote it down, and she ran back down the concourse to this young man. And she gave him this card, and he sa said to her, wow, you ran back here all that way just to give me this card? He said, I know you care. Thank you. And what Julie told me afterwards was, this was an opportunity not to miss, to share the word of God. She said, you know, we're going on vacation. But Pat, are we ever on vacation from winning souls? Ah, yeah, we are. If we're complacent, we're on vacation. We're enjoying life. You know, living life. Life like this culture offers. 
that parallels that rich city of Laodicea. And we can be on vacation, on vacation from doing the Lord's work, on vacation from the commission that Jesus gave us, on vacation from winning souls. We can go lukewarm. I began the year with a message very similar to this. And I know it's, man, it's, re, it's, a, it's, a, it's a repeat. But we've been keeping this prayer in front of us every single week. Lord, enable your servants. Enable us to speak your word with boldness, with confidence. And many of you have connected with it. But if you haven't made that complete connection, if you haven't really taken it to heart that this is our call here in this life on earth to advance the kingdom of God, to share the gospel with people so that they don't go to hell, to save them and offer the gospel. Two weeks ago, Brother Barry shared a quote from Charles Spurgeon about Don't let people go to damnation without grabbing them around the legs and saying, I'm not going to let you go there without warning you or praying for you. Let's do that. Let's do that. If you're lacking a little confidence about speaking, about your faith, let's pray this morning. I want to invite everyone just to stand as we close and let's pray. Let us pray that God would wash away any apathy, wash away any indifference, take away any lukewarmness, renew that zeal in us to to share God's word. And if you lack the confidence, pray and ask God to give you that confidence. And I don't know if you want to, uh, step out of your seat if, that, if you've been at that place where that argument's going on in your head. Oh, you can't do this. You can't do it. I am not prepared. And you can come to these altars and we'll pray. You can stay at your seat and pray. That's fine. Because I know it might be hard to say, oh, well, I'll walk out. Everyone will see that I've been lacking confidence. Let me tell you, I've lacked the confidence. I was shaken I was shaking there at that restaurant. That was back in June. I mean, I was in front of a whole group of people that were from the the Muslim faith. And I'm going to share the gospel of Jesus with them just on this much notice. Okay, you're coming up. I had all kinds of these emotions and things going on in my head. Yes, it can. we all can have this. We all can. But if we trust God and we say we're going to pray and stand by faith on what his word says, Lord, enable us. God, you can enable me. I believe it. And I, I was able to share the word and leave on a high note. No one, thank you, God. You helped Certainly wasn't me, that's for sure. Definitely wasn't me. If you need to get get over yourself, if you need to push out those uncomfortable feelings, get comfortable in your own skin, God can help you. And again, I know. I know it's, it's hard to admit it. 
But let's pray. Let's pray. And if there's any, anyone who wants to, you know, come forward and kneel at these altars and just beseech God for that, that blessing of confidence, feel free. Father God, we thank you. God, we thank you. We thank you. Thank you in the name of Jesus that you are our God, you're good, and we can trust you. Lord, we don't want to be lukewarm. God, we want to be, we want to be passionate. I know deep down inside, so many of us want to be passionate for Jesus, and we stumble, and, and the things come in our way that we make. You know, Lord, shatter that mirror that's in front of us ourselves, if it's ourselves getting in, in the way. Lord, I just pray you'd be able to, to break that down that we'd be able to be comfortable in our own selves and what you've gifted us with and that you would speak to our hearts and, and give us that trust, God, that we would be able and enabled to be confident and to be bold for you. You gave your life for us. Lord, help us to share that with others, that they could uh, find salvation, that they could find eternal life in you, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, for every person here that has stepped forward, they've humbled themselves and they've stepped forward to these altars, God, and they're asking for a great, great uh, blessing of your holy and divine confidence. Lord, I just pray over them right now, and I ask for the grace of the Holy Spirit to fall on each one of these individuals. Lord, may they leave this place empowered by you. Lord, that their cup would overflow with the Holy Spirit, that they'd be empowered and renewed in you. Lord, I pray you'd renew the zeal in their hearts for the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they would not be frightened, that they would not be ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation, that they'd be able to speak it, and you would speak through them, and they would be amazed, that they would say, these weren't my words. I know that they were the words of Almighty God speaking through me. Give them that blessing, Lord, and may we hear more testimonies like we heard this morning. God, I pray that you would breathe through this whole church. God, if everyone in here shared your gospel, Lord, the place would be overflowing. And we ask for that great blessing, God, that you would move on hearts and minds to take every opportunity that comes our way to speak your word with great boldness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the dedicated hearts and the dedicated lives that are here in this sanctuary. Thank you for all those who are stepping out in their faith, Lord. Thank you for the strong ones. Thank you for those who are grasping onto you and asking for your strength. Thank you for all, God. And we'll look forward to what you're going to do. God, bless every heart. Bless every mind. And bring great, great testimonies of your work. Lord, we thank you. We commit it unto you. And we bless your holy name. Oh, we ask it all in Jesus, Jesus, Jesus' precious name. Amen.